all of the integrals that we've evaluated so far only had one term in them. And in order to evaluate something even as simple as the integral of x plus 3 dx, we need to have some sort of technique. We haven't dealt with this yet. And it's actually very simple to apply the sum or difference rule for derivatives to integrals because integrals are just the opposite of derivatives, the inverse of them. So recall that we have the sum or difference rule for derivatives. The derivative with respect to x of a sum or difference of two functions of x is the same as the derivative of the first function plus or minus the derivative of the second function. So for that reason, we can apply the same idea to the opposite of derivatives, the inverses of derivatives, the integral of the sum or difference of two or actually more terms, as many terms as you have in between, sorry, within an integral, you can actually integrate term by term, just like we differentiate term by term. So if you have the integral of f of x plus or minus g of x dx, then that's the same as the integral of the first term plus or minus the integral with respect to x of the second term. If you have a third term, h of x, you can do that, and it goes on indefinitely. So for example, this very simple, straightforward integral, x plus 3 dx, you could break it up if you'd like. Integral x dx plus integral 3 dx. But then, that's just going to give you x squared over 2, right? Add one to the exponent, divide by the new exponent, plus some c, right? Since it's a c for the first integral, I'm going to call it c1. Plus the integral of 3 dx is 3x, right? Differentiate back again. The derivative of 3x with respect to x is 3. But then this also has some constant associated with it, so I call it plus c2. Now, one is a constant and another is a constant. I'd rather not have to keep track of constants every time I have a term that I'm integrating. So it's accepted to write the non-constant terms first, and normally from the highest power down. And then when we get to the plus c1 plus c2, we just call that a big capital C and say it's some constant. It could be uh, technically the sum of two littler constants, but I really don't care because I can't really be very specific at this point anyway. So I'm just going to call this entire integral x squared over 2 plus 3x plus some constant c. So let's move on to another more complicated example, the integral of 5x to the fourth plus 7 over x squared minus 3. All of that is being integrated with respect to x. Now, if you want to, you can actually write this out as three separate integrals and find each one separately and then, and then put a big constant c at the end. But you don't have to write all that notation. We actually just accept that you can integrate term by term. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take 5x to the fourth, and I'm going to find the antiderivative of that. So that's 5x to the fourth plus 1, or x to the fifth, all over 5. And that's nice because these 5s are going to cancel. So I have x to the fifth as my first term. Plus, if if I want to be lazy about it, which I always catch myself, I've already started my integration, and I realize I didn't rewrite 7 over x squared. So if that happens to you too, just write 7x to the negative 2 up above it, and then you can integrate. So we have 7x to the negative 2. So I rewrite the 7. x to the negative 2 plus 1 is x to the negative 1. 
and then I divide by that new exponent, negative 1. Minus, what did you differentiate to get 3? With respect to x, you must have differentiated 3x. So we have a minus 3x, but then I don't want to forget, plus there might have been some constant that was differentiated as well. So I'm almost finished. I just need to rewrite this as x to the fifth. I have a minus because of the 7 over negative 1. x to the negative 1, 1 over x, minus 3x plus c. So we've just used another technique, and that's the sum or difference rule for integrals. And again, this is all pretty much just, you know, doing a lot of a lot of integration, just doing a lot of little adding, subtracting, dividing. I wouldn't blame you if you didn't know why we were doing all of this, but the applications for, for these kinds of things actually can't really come in until we've got the tools down. So this section is all about just uh, following um, what makes sense logically going backwards from differentiation. So we're just kind of th- working backwards, and there are some techniques you can use so you don't have to think so much. What we've been using so far is adding one to the exponent and dividing by the new exponent. Okay, here's another example. The integral, 4x to the 7th minus the square root of 3x minus 8 over x cubed dx. Uh, This one's pretty straightforward, right? That one I don't see any problems with. This one right here, the square root of 3x, do we have a rule for that? How do we integrate when it's more than just x inside the square root? If I write this as 3x to the 1 half power, that's actually not correct. Because that says the 1 half power is just on the x and not on the 3. So I really, I would have to put the 3x in parentheses. But we don't have a rule yet for integrating 3x to the 1 half power if, if you have more than just x down there. But is there anything else we could do? You may remember that we have that nice constant coefficient rule thing, right? If you have a constant coefficient, then you can just take that out separately and integrate. So I'm, I'm going to actually, for this one, I'm going to break this up into three integrals. Integral 4x to the 7th dx minus integral square root 3x dx minus integral 8 over x cubed dx. Just to, to prove my point. And then in the future, you probably won't do it this way. When you integrate 4x and 7dx, technically, you could also write that 4 out there, right? 4, that looks like an x. 4 integral x to the 7dx if you wanted to do two steps at once. I know this is horribly bad teaching form, I apologize. But we have 4 integral x to 7dx. So you could write that as 4 times x to the 8, adding 1 to 7, over 8, which is going to reduce to x to the 8 over 2. Now, the reason I did it with this example is I just want to show you, you could think of this as the integral square root 3 times square root x dx. Remember, if it's the same kind of root, square root, cube root, fourth root, etc., when you multiply, you can combine them under one radical sign, right? For the same reason, if you have a product inside a square root or a cube root or a fourth root or bigger, you can break that up into cube root three times, sorry, square root three times square root x. You can go backwards. So that's what we're going to do. I'll go ahead and rewrite this eight over x cubed dx. Eight x to the what? That's right, negative three power dx. So 
we have our three things. One of them has already been integrated. I just reduced that down to x to the 8 over 2, or 1 half x to the 8, if you like to think in terms of polynomials. 1 half x to the 8 minus the square root 3. We could just think of as being on the outside of the integral. And then this is x to the 1 half power. I'm being lazy again and just writing it up above. So the square root of x is x to the 1 half power. I add 1 to the 1 half power. So I add 2 halves. If you'd like, that's 3 halves, right? So you could just squeeze in times the reciprocal 2 thirds right there, or put it in front of the square root 3. But uh, 2 thirds came from the 3 halves power. I'll simplify that one a little more in a minute. Then I have minus. The 8 could have come outside to the front of the integral as well, because it's a constant, right? 8, x to the negative 3. I take my negative 3 power, I add 1, divide by negative 3 plus 1 is negative 2. So I divide by negative 2, and then I have plus constant. So now it's just a matter of simplifying. I'm going to write this as much like a polynomial as I can. 1 half x to the 8th. Well, that looks like it's in the denominator. 1 half x to the 8th minus the 2 goes in front of the square root 3 over 3. x to the 3 halves. Then I have minus 8 over negative 2 is plus 4. x to the negative 2 power plus c. If you don't see an answer choice like this one, it might be that they took this x to the negative 2 and wrote it as 1 over x squared, right? Or it might be that they took this x to the 3 halves power and wrote it as a square root of x cubed or even simplified. So um, I'm not going to rewrite the whole thing. But I am going to point out that you could think of that 4x and negative 2 as 4 over x squared. And this guy could be x times the square root of x, right? But that gets kind of long because you already have 2 square roots of 3 over 3. So, you know, often we just leave it as x to the 3 halves power. So that's the final answer for the integral that was part, was uh, integral b. Had three terms in it, and we integrated term by term. And the thing that was particularly new here was we had more than just x inside the square root. We had square root 3x. So you have to break that up as a constant coefficient times x to the 1 half power. If you wanted to do it quickly at the very beginning, now that we've investigated, you could just say square root 3 times x to the 1 half and then integrate using the rules we've already learned. All right, our final one for this part. Need to erase some of this. We have a rational expression. You'll notice that there are terms in the numerator, but they're all over one term in the bottom, and then it's integrated with respect to v. Now, if there were more than one term in the bottom, we would not be able to do what I'm going to do next. And if there's more than one term in the bottom, these integrals can get really difficult really fast. So I just wanted to point that out to you. I don't want you to think you can always do this. There is a way to rewrite the integrand here so that instead of having one big radical, sorry, rational expression, you actually have three separate terms. Some of them might be rational expressions. Some might just be polynomial terms. 
So in order to do that, I have to think about my algebra, go back to my algebra days, and say, how could I rewrite this? One of the instructions that might have been given to you would be divide and simplify. Kind of like divide and conquer, but in algebra class, so it's not quite as exciting. So you divide 2v squared into each term, and the reason you can do that, you don't need to write this if you don't want to, but doesn't the first thing in the integral mean the same as 1 over 2v squared times the numerator dv? And then we have the distributive property, right? And so therefore we have, you definitely want to write the next step. 8v squared, sorry, 8v to the fifth over 2v squared minus 3v cubed over 2v squared plus 4 over 2v squared dv. Okay, I said you definitely want to write this. At least your first few times doing this, if it's, especially if it's been a while for your algebra division, you want to write this next step. Then you can actually do the division. 8v to the fifth over 2v squared. 8 over 2 is 4. v to the fifth over v squared. There's that division means subtract exponents, right? You have the same base, you subtract the exponents. It's also the reason why with logs we subtracted when we were dividing. Okay, minus 3 halves is my coefficient. v cubed over v is just v to the first. Plus 4 over 2 is 2. And then over v squared, but we're going to integrate, right? So we always need to rewrite those anyway. So let's just say 2v to the negative 2. All of that's going to be integrated with respect to v. So I have 4v cubed minus 3 halves v plus 2v to the negative 2 integrated with respect to v. Now it's just a matter of using the same thing we've already learned. 4v to the 4 divided by the new exponent 4. I added 1 to my exponent and divided by the new exponent. Minus 3 halves just stays there for a minute. Then I have v to the second power, because 1 plus 1, all over the new exponent of 2. Those won't cancel, right? It'll give me 3 fourths. I'll do that next. 2 plus 2, v to the negative 2 plus 1 is negative 1, all over negative 1, plus some constant. So now when I simplify, I have v to the fourth minus 3 fourths v squared minus 2 over v, and I didn't need that line that long, there we go, plus c. So I have v to the fourth minus 3 fourths v squared minus 2 over v plus c. That's the final answer for the integral that was given in the original problem. If you want, you could put this back in the form of all being over a common denominator of v, kind of similar to the fact that our original integral was all over a common denominator of 2v squared. But you don't have to. At this point, normally, we just leave our answer like this. But you could multiply v to the fourth by v over v, negative 3 fourths v squared by v over v. That way, you could combine um, everything over one denominator of v. But um, this is fine for now.